welcome to the Week in Review. My name's Michael Crutcher and we're back after a week off because Jordan McDonald was away. Jordan, welcome back. How was the break? It was good. Sweaty. It was very hot over there. I was in uh, Phuket and Bali for the best part of 10 or 11 days and it was good. Nice break. Plenty of swimming, plenty of drinks, plenty of uh, looking around the places. It was good. Refreshed? Yes. Fairly. Well... (laughs) (laughs) We can't really talk about all that happened in the uh, time overseas because we're dealing with the death of the Queen, which still sounds funny to say, even though we've known about it now for, I guess, uh, you know, the best part of 12 hours. But uh, the death of the Queen and then all of the media coverage, etc., that it takes in, but obviously a massive story. Yeah, it seemed inconceivable that she could be... Because she could have passed, so yeah, it's a massive story. A couple of days ago, we did see the photos of her uh, meeting with the new prime minister. But mm. uh, yeah, so it's obviously one of the biggest stories around. And it, what it comes to, Jordan, I think for us, one of the things that we work on a lot here at Fifty Five Comms is you know, putting out there your desired personality, mm-hmm. because as as people. We um, put personality traits on everything, whether they be businesses, uh, governments, schools, sporting teams, or of course, individuals. And of, uh, of course, very, very few people um, in this world knew the Queen well enough personally to know what sort of person she was. Yep. Yet um, her passing has uh, made a lot of people very sad, is because they feel as though they know the Queen. They put personality traits on her so she is a great example of someone who did an exceptional job of showcasing a desired personality to people who would never meet her but formed an idea of what person she was and I think we look back on it and the key to the way she did this was quality over quantity because she had such rare public speaking appearances and the speaking appearances you get to obviously get a better idea of someone Mm. we know she had the annual christmas messages she would address parliament and other limited times in which she'd speak and of course there was a famous time she spoke after the death of princess diana 25 years ago we just had the uh, the the anniversary pass but that was a rare time i think in which the queen was under serious heat because of the royal family's reaction to um to the death of diana but uh she did have a a video message after that which has been played a few times today but she made so much out of her limited speaking engagements and she clearly had a sense of humor two of the ones that stick out to me were uh video clips involving um her and uh, actor Daniel Craig as James Bond oh, yes. uh, for the 2012 London Olympics, which which was fantastic. Great sense of humour yeah. uh, in its own understated way. Mm. And then, of course, a clip she did only recently, a few months ago, for uh, her Jubilee, 70 years as um, monarch, but uh, a clip with Paddington Bear, mm. which was um, which was really well done. Now, we're going to play a, a, a quick clip of that here. And this, this comes from... The video of the Queen with uh, obviously the fictitious but computer animated Paddington Bear just before the Jubilee party. So the video was used to welcome in the Jubilee party. Um, Perhaps you would like a marmalade sandwich. I always keep one for emergencies. So do I. I keep mine in here. Oh. For later. So there we go. The Queen, a bit of humour 
on the video, she has a great smile for that. So she was very, very good at this desired personality, just creating a personality that was obviously very favourable and popular for those mourning now. So Jordan, here's a test for you. What sort of a person was the Queen? It's a tough one. I mean, we, we do talk about personality traits a lot here. If I think of the Queen, uh, a few things come to mind. It would be her, her love of the people, uh, her commitment to service. Um, respect comes up, both given and received. It's a, it's a prominent one for me, and hard work. Um, but uh, perhaps a bizarre one for, for those listening, I find her relatable. In, in the small glimpses we got, I watched a great clip um, of her former prote- protection officer who was telling a great story about how she pranked these two hikers on a picnic one day who uh, approached her and asked if she'd been in the area much. She said, yeah, I've been coming here for about 80 years. So <laughs> oh, you must have met the Queen and asked her to take a photo with her p- p- protection officer. But even in the, the short... Oh, sorry, the, the special she did with um, Sir David Attenborough, um, I thought she was quite relatable then too. That's fascinating, yeah. So you can be, uh, she was homeschooled, uh, she um, lived a life as a monarch, but to be able to say relatable, that's a great effort by the Queen. She's done very well. She has done very well. We should use some um, examples from the Queen next time we work with a client on that type of thing. (laughs) But, um, um, you know, I guess this is a major story. And you think back on nearing the first quarter of this century Mm. um, and there's been some major stories already. Obviously, 9-11 was a huge story. The COVID pandemic was huge. It continues to to generate stories. But the death of the Queen after so long, it's a big story as well. Massive story. Massive. And when big stories happen, this is when media has to go into overdrive because there's people trying to get as much as they can on this particular topic. Now... Mm I feel for newspaper editors around Australia, um, I used to be one, so uh, I feel for them because this announcement of her death happened at the worst possible time for newspapers, about 3.30 this morning, and that's the dead zone for papers when uh, they're already done, they're on trucks going out uh, to people's homes, etc., and all of a sudden... You don't have the ability to uh, get that in the, this morning's paper. So, no. I, it remo- you know, in terms of those things, I remember being a newspaper editor when Pope Benedict shocked the world by saying he was quitting. Right. Because uh, popes just didn't uh, really do that. And he did that at around about 9 o'clock at night Australian time mm-hmm. when our paper's first deadline was 9.15pm. Oh, good. So thanks. 15-minute uh, turnaround. Thanks, Benedict, for the heads up <laughs> on that one. Chaos um, in the office. But, and it was. We had to quickly get something into that first edition because we couldn't put a paper out without this significant story of the Pope shocking everyone by just uh, quitting. Um, so at least that we got that in there and made it stronger for the second edition. Mm. But this was set up in Australia for breakfast TV. Oh, yeah. Set up. Um, I'm not a massive breakfast TV watcher because of our schedules, but um, that was where you had to look this morning. But again... They only had a really short loop of stuff to go on. Yeah, right. So it started at a point you sort of went through the loop and it comes back to where you started. Yeah, because you had a statement from Prince Charles. This is before the Prime Minister statement came out. There's not a whole lot you can say. It's tricky with the rolling live coverage, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) and everyone dressed in black and we know that people had their black wardrobe on hand. Mm. um, For these things too, media already have a stack of stuff prepared. I mean... Um, I wrote a stack of obituaries and I was a younger reporter for uh, older famous people. Mm-hmm. They just sat there uh, in case of their death. So I noticed that the UK papers, some of them hours after her death, 
had uh, 36 page specials well, ready to go. Oh yeah, well. So sitting there ready to pump out um, and that would have helped out some of the media trying to get their heads around this oh, and I sure. saw a long uh, piece this morning, uh, I think it was on Sunrise maybe, um, several minute piece on the Queen's life which has obviously been done yeah. as an obituary that mm. was uh, kept in the, in, the, uh, in the cupboard as they say and brought out um, pretty quickly. But of course, Jordan, this is the first death of a monarch in the age of social media. We talk about the, uh, the, the British monarch. But um, so, the social media to contend with now. So how has social media handled this death? It's been a whirlwind today. I mean, numerous politicians and influencers, they're all mourning the monarch and celebrating her life at the same time. Um, in particular her reign. So like, we, we had our Prime Minister, Mr uh, Anthony Albanese, he delivered a vid- video tribute this morning and then we had you know, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden, she tweeted, they had tweeted a, a statement, a joint statement, and I think it gained a bit over 100,000 likes on it. So it's, it's certainly the topic at the moment, as it should be. Um, but you know, you've got celebrity influences like Paris Hilton, they're also tweeting, describing the Queen as the original girl boss. Yeah, so right. everyone's expressing right. their emotions in different ways. Pretty much any public figure account I followed, um, I had a look through before we did the podcast, I, they've posted something related to the Queen's past. Here's, here's the challenge, isn't it? We said it's such a big story in yeah. the terms of how it ranks. So therefore, here's the dilemma, as we've seen today. As a brand... Uh, how do you respond to this? Do you respond? Don't you respond? And if you do, how do yeah. you do? What, what's happened there? Well, yeah, it's been it's a tough one to answer because because of how prominent the the passing is, you, you sort of feel obligated to to say something, but not everyone should. And I think a few brands are learning that the hard way today. So, a couple of bizarre ones that popped out to me today were, you know, there's an online account that represents the popular children's show Peppa Pig. Now, they published a tile, like a social media tile, which depicts Pepper and the Queen in a cartoon format and that was captioned with an inspiration to all generations, young and old. It's like, yeah, yep. you know, you can yep. just, it's a bit weird, but you can let it, let it pass. And yep. Then there was uh, the Shrek's Adventure Twitter account, which is just an account for an attraction in London. Uh, said it was joining millions of mourners around the UK and the world. Like a theme park type yeah. attraction. Yeah, which I didn't understand why they needed an account for, but it is a thing. So, okay, so the Shrek Adventure account has weighed in. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, Questionable. Yeah, again, bizarre, but, you know, yep. let it go. But um, unfortunately, some brands have really sort of stirred people up. Um, and Domino's was the one that... Uh, was most prominent today. Domino's in the UK, they posted a statement on an all blacked out tile with a blacked out logo. It was very <laughs> grim looking. And uh, Twitter users are still tearing that post apart. It was a, a similar statement to all the ones available on Twitter. Um, and Domino's even disabled the comments on the post to try and prevent any of the okay. thrashing that they're getting. Yeah. But people just worked around it. They can quote tweet, yeah. quote retweet. Yeah. And um, so they were getting responses like, now that Domino's has commented, we can all heal in 30 minutes or less. Yeah. Or um, so for a limited time, you can get our late Monarch meal for nine ninety nine. Yeah, just somewhere it, yeah. that uh, Domino's didn't need to go. Yeah, so another example of that. getting pizza exactly. has got nothing to do with. Absolutely yeah, nothing yeah, to do yeah. with it. Um, another example 
was the Hamilton. There's a they have uh, the musical Hamilton. They have a series of social media accounts, but on Twitter they put a statement out, and they experienced similar backlash um, because the musical uh, revolves around breaking away from the monarchy, monarchy's rule. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the lesson for some brands today is you don't always have to comment. And uh, yeah, now I yeah. guess if you feel as though you're a bit uncertain about it, it's probably an indication that maybe you don't need to uh, post as such on social media. That's exactly right. If uh, if you're not sure, best to leave it. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the the death, I guess we have a look at this through, and I'm really mindful of this, as I was when I edited a newspaper that you have readers of all different ages, but. Mm. The reaction of uh, different generations to this, because you know people who were, you know, up, I guess, in a similar age to the Queen, you know, a, a bit younger there, they've probably gone through with her uh, as being a similar age to people a generation younger who, um, you know, that they would remember her from being a, a much younger Queen. Uh, my generation, I remember, obviously, clearly the Diana. Um, period and the death of Diana and the Queen's response. Your generation, though, um, you're a bit too young to remember the Diana yeah, period. Yeah, a little bit. But um, I'm interested in your generation's reaction to uh, to the news. It's it's a major moment in our lifetime. And I, I do think we realise that. I was awake last night when um, when I got a message from a friend in a group chat, and it said, "I, th- I think the Queen's going to die." And I was sort of puzzled. I said, no, she was fine just two days ago. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. Looks a little bit old, frail. But he directed me to the, uh, to the BBC uh, Twitter account and I read all the tweets that they were, exp- that they were explaining, you know, suspending all the broadcasts to begin the rolling coverage, focus on her health. Yep. Um, I noticed that the presenter was in the, uh, the attire that would acknowledge the passing of a royal. It should yep. have happened. Yep. And then, you know, all the reports that followed... Uh, of the family sort of quickly racing to get by her side. Certainly did indicate it a bit. Um, But I remember realising last night that it was possible we'd go to sleep last night and wake up and she had passed. Um, So we sat on that realisation and it sort of all washed over us the same. The second longest serving monarch in world history. Yeah. Uh, We've only ever known the Queen, our generation. Our parents have only ever really known the Queen. And then even my grandparents, who are 75... You know, because they were so young when she would have begun. That's right. They would have, they would have only known yeah. the Queen. It's, it's yeah. three different generations. It's an enormous. It's, it's easily one of the biggest moments of the century. And I look across social media today and 99% of what I'm seeing from our generation are posts that respectfully acknowledge her passing. Um, unfortunately, I've only seen a handful of posts that challenge the idea of the Queen being anyone to celebrate. Which will always be. There yeah. will always be. So, yeah, I, I do think our generation is very aware of how significant today's news is. I dare say we'll talk about this on the podcast next week as well because it'll be very interesting to see uh, how this story flows from here and oh, yeah. um, the way the different media approach the story um, and also the way social media does. So we'll touch back on that next week. One thing we're going to talk about at length today um, before this news came through was the AFL uh, television rights deal um, that was announced this week. Mm. So uh, a major announcement. And we've spoken about this uh, AFL uh, TV negotiation on several occasions on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But this this week we heard that uh, the rights uh, for 
this the season's 2025 to 2031. Yep. So we've got two years remaining of the current deal. Mm-hmm. But for those seven years going up to 2031, they've gone to seven and Foxtel for a staggering, in Australian terms, $4.5 billion. So, um, so uh, and uh, as part of this... Um, part of this deal, Seven gets to stream uh, some matches that it had yep. before on its streaming service. Uh, Fox will get access to uh, Saturday exclusive games mm-hmm. um, for all of Saturday for a certain period of the season. Yep. So um, we've seen that work out. Look, it, on the figures that we know from the AFL side, mm. um, it should be a, a real worry for rugby league because it, se- it seems to, from different reports, blow the rugby league TV rights figure out of the water. Yep. Yet we don't know a whole lot about the transparency of the league figures. True. So that's difficult to know. But uh, the uh, the Unmade uh, podcast team, who we've mentioned before, do a great job. They've put this uh, TV rights deal for the AFL down to about $25,000 per minute of football action Whoa. over these seven seasons. So you can see, I guess, two lessons for me out of this, Jordan. Two things I look at. One, and we've mentioned this before, sport remains the drug for television. Oh, yeah. It's sport. You know, in terms of, we know that, uh, and you've mentioned before how some reality TV shows go from being huge to being gone yep. within a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that drama is really expensive and hit and miss. Yep. You it buy is. sport, especially sport like uh, AFL, and you know what you're getting. Yep, it's consistent. Yep, it's going to be what you think. And we know the ratings figures from recent weeks uh, have again shown how uh, big uh, the sport can be for uh, for television. Mm-hmm. The other thing I, I, I'm i just really surprised about, although it, sh- it shouldn't be because it wasn't really flagged in the media coverage of the negotiations, but where are the likes of, I guess, the emerging providers in this whole deal. So I'm talking about the likes of uh, games on Apple TV, on YouTube, on Amazon, any of these different ones that are are emerging now. So um, going back, talking to some um, uh, sports writer uh, friends of ours about this deal, Mm -hmm. um, one of them said he remembers clearly in 2018 when the cricket TV negotiations were on, and they were told this will be the last negotiations you'll have involving just the old sort of uh, free-to-air TV right. and the likes of Fox Sports. Okay. Next time we do a t- TV deal for cricket, you're going to have these players like Apple, etc., in there. Yep. Here we are, 2022, and we're now locked this in for the AFL till 2031. Nowhere to be seen. Now, we say this right now, several hours after the new NFL season has begun in the US, so we've had game one of this NFL season, and we know that that, that NFL season has seen on a whole bunch of different providers. Yeah. Um, we talk about baseball here. Every Saturday morning, our time, Friday night in the US, two games are exclusive to Apple TV. Mm. So you can only watch them Apple TV, nowhere else, anywhere. Not even if you buy the uh, Major League Baseball uh, TV pass for the year. You still can't watch it on that. You've got to go to Apple TV. So I, I must say, if you, it, I am surprised that until 2031 in Australia, the AFL will be seen only on those two providers. Now, where Rugby League moves in a few years' time, who knows? But it's just interesting that in the massive markets in the world, these different players emerge. In Australia, we still have this sort of closed shop, if you like. Um, and we know money talks. It's all about money. Yeah. But maybe those, you know, the, the likes of the apples that don't see the value in it, I don't know. But it, to me, it's, it's a big 
big absence in this whole discussion. But it seems to me, Jordan, like a very nice deal for the AFL. Um, interested in what your thoughts are on this. I do think it's a great deal for the AFL. And it's sort of left now to Seven and Foxtel to make it work. I mean, you've got nine years... Oh, sorry, how, how, how many years it is there locked in? Uh, it's a great opportunity to structure some really lucrative advertising partnerships and improve that offering for viewers. I'm also excited from the AFL side to see if we might finally get a Tasmanian team. Yeah, <laughs> true, yeah. Um, yep. I think it's hard to deny that yep. now. Um, I was also interested that Nine came in late and they put in a bid to sort of inflate the value so that it would damage Seven's chances of bidding for other sports. Yeah, so this is the last-minute Nine bid. The, the last-minute Nine just to yep. knock the price up a fraction. Um, see, while it is a great deal for the AFL... I will be interested to see if Seven is as prominent a force when it comes to, you know, battling for rights for other major events in the coming years, particularly the Olympics. Yeah, and of course, this goes up till 2031, and we know the Brisbane Olympics are on in 2032. So, know. you know, there's key, uh, key money that's going to be decided in terms of some of those massive sporting events as well. So you're right. Um, it, it's, it's such a fascinating field. That's why we talk about it a lot, because in the end... These are the biggest money deals when it comes down to audience attention. You know, what are, what are uh, businesses prepared to pay for things because it all goes by what they think they can get in terms of eyeballs. So um, uh, in terms of the current TV deal, we said two years to go um, and the first game for the remainder of those two years is the Brisbane Lions tonight. So go Lions. Go Lions. Uh, we hope we can talk about them uh, next week. Now yep. you're back in Australia first weekend for a bit. Uh, good weekend coming up. Yeah, I'm off to Noosa from here today. So to go up to Noosa, I'm doing some DJing up there. And I'm also there for a friend's 30th birthday. Well, there you go. It's sort uh, of the start of a few weekends away and then gets back to normal again. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. So enjoy it there. The weather's clearing and uh, we'll talk again. All right. Talk soon.